11-11 VC firm. We're on episode two. Let's recap episode one and in 2020 with perfect credit. Key takeaways were that credit building takes time, discipline, consistency, and in fact, you should be constantly checking your score every day. We touched on preventing yourself from dispositioning your financial state to acquire items that are tangible when you do not have the means to do so because it sidelines you from your intention to improve your credit. In this episode, Johnny Debt and Sleepy Credit, we will go into debt about credit. We will talk about what credit was intended to be used for, how credit works, different types of credit, why we need credit, the different credit bureaus, the whole nine. We have you covered here on 1111 VC Firm where we do the research so you can build your future and redistribute the wealth for generations to come. Now, my personal experience with credit starts after high school. I applied for three credit cards at the time. It's a similar to usual story of when you apply to one card, henceforth another card. My first credit limit was for $300. My second card was for $500. The last card that I applied for was for $300. So not a large amount of money. But I was very new to credit like a fish out of water with no understanding on how it works. I never received advice about credit from my parents. I was just winging it. You know, what is credit? How do you improve it? What is interest? And signing these credit card applications without hesitation, like I just inherited millions from Warren Buffett. I had no idea what interest was or how it worked. I just knew that that number was very high in the double digits. Long story short, I maxed out these cards, exceeded the balance multiple times before closing these accounts and researching about credit management and credit utilization. Once I got that information, I turned around my devious behaviors and I got my act together to increase my credit. So my score is very high and now I'm in a better place and a better position. So now I want to share my success and my knowledge with you guys so that you guys don't make the same mistakes that I did and you guys can give back to those that's going to be in your shoes as well. Each one teach one. That's how it works. So let's get into this gravy about this ingredient called credit. First, what is credit? According to an article from Experian.com, Jim McKinn, credit is the ability to borrow money or access goods or services with the understanding that you'll pay later. Lenders, merchants, and service providers, known collectively as creditors, grant credit based on their confidence that you could be trusted to pay back whatever that you borrowed, along with any finance charges that may apply. To the extent that creditors consider you worthy of their trust, you are said to be credit worthy or to have good credit. Good credit can sometimes sound very ambiguous. Let's examine what is good credit for the average person. So a score of 700 or above is typically considered good and a score of 800 or above is considered excellent. A score of 670 or below is considered a fair score and anything below that, your credit is just shot, sorry. But it doesn't stop there. Here at 1111 VC Firm, we provide you with the information so that you can be informed and make better decisions and improve your lifestyle. Let's dig into how credit works. Lenders specifically in the US look at your credit history, including your record of borrowing and repaying the borrowed funds to determine whether to offer you credit. The credit bureaus use credit scoring models to evaluate your worthiness to receive credit. The scoring calculations are based on payment record, frequencies of payments, amount of debts, credit charge-offs, and number of credit cards in your possession. A weight is then assigned to each factor considered in the model's formula, and a credit card uh, is assigned, and it's based on evaluation generally ranging from 300 to 850 on the score. And the terms of loans will be for you. and but there's a different credit scoring models would touch on different factors. So most important, you have the FICO scoring model and the Vantage score model. The FICO score model is considered the most reliable. Why do you say? Because it has been around for a long time. 
and there have been many revisions on the factors that determine an actual credit score. The latest scoring model is the FICO 9. The major revision in this FICO 9 model is that from other FICO score models in the past is that if you have an unpaid medical bill, there's less weight of having that be like a huge impact on your score. And collection agencies and debt buyers can only report medical debts until they are 180 days old. Here's the thing. Lenders have a choice to upgrade or stay with the version that they have a FICO score. Like you have a choice to choose to upgrade to an iPhone or Samsung. And sometimes they don't want to upgrade because it could get very expensive. So take this into account because some lenders are still using FICO 5 while others have upgraded to FICO 9. But the only way for you to know the FICO score is meaning is to ask the lender, you know, which one, which one are you dealing with? So you may ask how your FICO scores are calculated. Well, regardless of which FICO more, uh, model is being used, five factors are taken into account to define your credit score. So you got payment history, you got credit utilization, credit, uh, credit history, uh, types of credit, and new credit. The payment history accounts for 35% of your score. Let's say you're making your payments on time, right? Every month, you don't have any negative public records for lawsuits, liens, bankruptcies, or foreclosures, and you're doing very well in this category. Late payments are a negative. And the longer the late payment on a month versus a week gap, the more your score gets penalized. So touching on credit utilization, which counts for the next 30% of your FICO score, make sure that you don't spend close to your credit limit, even if you intend to pay off the bill every month. Your FICO likes you to use 30% or less of your available credit. For example, if you have $5,000 limit on your card, that means your limit, uh, you're going to be spending less than $1,500 per month. Credit history is a third factor and accounts for 15% of determining your score. The longer you own a credit card, the more it improves your score if you pay it off every month. So credit use is makes up 10% of determining your score. FICO wants you to know how many forms of credit you have, like credit cards, your auto, mortgage, utilities, and how well you can maintain them to create a healthy credit score. It is helpful to have different credit cards and loans in your credit report. But do not, I repeat, do not apply for too much credit too fast. Why, you say? Because that's a definite red flag to the credit bureaus that you may be desperate for credit. Lastly, new credit is the final 10% of the FICO scoring model equation to determine your score. As it's okay to apply for a credit card, but if you have multiple cards at, a, at the same time, it will come up. Uh, as you trying to use a credit card to pay off another card that is negative. So the same applies to if you're asking for an auto loan and a home loan at the same time. You want to spread out these applications over time. So now you have the Vantage Scoring model. Uh, the Vantage Scoring model looks at things like paying on time, keeping credit card balancing low, uh, avoiding new credit obligations, bank accounts, and other assets to calculate its score. Vantage score looks at six factors, including payment history, which accounts for 40% of your score and is considered high weight. Whether you pay on time will be the predictor of the risk. So late payments are still a negative and can appear on your credit report for seven years. The next factor is age and the type of credit, which accounts for 21% of your score and is categorized as extreme weight. This looks as if you can handle all your payments on time simultaneously, like a 30-year mortgage, five-year car loan, and credit card bills. If you seem to be maintaining a good record of on-time payments, you would do well in this category. The third factor is, again, credit utilization, which is 20% of your score calculation and extreme weight as well. Make sure to keep your utilization under 30%. That's very important. The next factor is total balances, which is 11% of your score, and it's medium weight. It's your total debt, current, and delinquent. Lowering the debt increases your score and vice versa. The other factor is recent behavior, which is 5% of your score calculation, and it's called low weight. 
This deals with new accounts and the number of hard inquiries that we will talk about later in the podcast. The last factor is available credit which accounts for 3% of your score and is categorized as extremely low weight. This is the amount of credit you have available to use. Services like Credit Karma uses the Vantage Score model. Other factors that are unique to the Vantage Score uh, include ignoring collections paid or unpaid. Make sure that you settle your debts and respond to collection agencies when they call you. Ignoring these things will only make things worse. You always want to make sure that your debt is settled. So the Vantage Score is the same as the FICO's 300 to 850 range, but it includes a letter grade like a report card, A through F, to help you understand your score. The Vantage Score uses information from all three credit reporting bureaus, but weighs in uh, those certain factors more heavily discussed previously than the FICO scoring model. The scores are similar, but they're never the same. Your credit history is stored in credit reports maintained by the three independent credit bureaus, Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. The credit lenders voluntarily report your credit report data. You're entitled to one free copy of credit report every 12 months for each of the three credit reporting companies. So make sure that you always get your your copy every year. And they update these once a month, at least every 45 days, but the exact date varies by lender. The credit bureaus don't require that all lenders submit their information by a certain time each month. Did you know that you can ask credit card companies when they report to the credit bureaus? Yes. You can ask credit card companies when do they report to the credit bureau. Most of the time, the credit card companies are willing to work with you. Mistakes and inaccuracies happen more often than you know, such as misspelling of the names, addresses, and other personal information. Credit bureaus are legally obligated to investigate when you dispute the accuracy of item on your credit report. If you don't check your credit report constantly, this can go unnoticed and impact your credit in a harmful way. You should make it a habit to review your credit report every year, and if you find mistakes, take the simple steps to correct them. Let's touch on the different type of credit inquiries, which are hard inquiries and soft inquiries. A hard inquiry, sometimes called like a hard pull, is when a company or entity has a legitimate business reason to look into your credit. The lender is generally looking to find information about whether or not you're reliable and paying the money back. Your credit report will show the lender a report card of your payback history how much credit you have, what type of credit you carry, such as mortgages, auto loans, and or credit card balances. The type of lenders and creditors that typically use hard credit inquiries are mortgage companies, auto financing firms, student loan companies, lenders, personal and business, and credit card companies. When the hard inquiry is taking place, the lender or creditor has access to your credit report, which can include the number of accounts you opened recently, the accounts opened recently versus the longer standing accounts, the number of recent inquiries you had, and the time elapsed since any past credit inquiries. Keep the number of hard inquiries low. I repeat, keep the number of hard inquiries low. On the other hand, soft inquiries may be requested for a number of reasons. As creditors use soft inquiries for marketing to potential customers, such as the credit card company wants to verify a pre-approval uh, offered to a customer, a company may want to check into your background as a new hire, a landlord checking into your application for apartment rental, financial companies verifying your identity, utility companies considering you a new customer. For example, I became a new customer uh, for an internet company um, and I was subject to a soft credit check. And did you know that even your credit, uh, your current creditors may conduct soft credit inquiries if you're applying for a new loan or you want to increase your line in credit? But it's important to note that your credit limit depends on how much money you're making. So the more money you make, the higher your line of credit. 
Hard inquiries can have a negative effect on your credit by lowering your credit score. Soft inquiries are still noted on your credit report, but these inquiries cannot lower your credit score, and they do not show up as a negative on your credit report. It's also important to note that in order for a lender or creditor to conduct these uh, hard inquiries, you must grant the permission to do so. If you discover a hard credit inquiry that was conducted without your permission or without your knowledge, you could dispute it. Um, Use services such as LexisNexis, CoreLogic, SageStream, which contains a full file disclosure, including the consumer's file and public research records. So you can see what information about you is maintained in LexisNexis uh, files. You're able to lock and freeze your three borough reports. You can remove all old addresses, old jobs, name variations, social security number variations. You can do so by sending certified letters with signed affidavits telling the credit uh, boroughs to prove that you know the debt is yours. And if they can't, then they must remove it. And you have another option as well as filing reports against the three credit bureaus with the CRFA, which is the Consumer uh, Review Fairness Act, uh, blocking those bureaus from reporting disputed unverified accounts. Key, if you're paying interest on a credit card, you're losing money. You do not and you should not be paying interest on a credit. Credit card companies report to the bureaus what they bill you and not what you pay. You can and should only if you can pay off your credit card every month at any credit score. Wait to pay off your balance after the credit card company is reported to the three credit bureaus. You should always pay in full every month. Never give the bank interest on your money. Shift the table. Let the bank pay you for using their cards. The credit card companies make money even without interest as they make money from transaction fees that they get every time when your card is being used. Hint, this is how certain cards are able to offer rewards called cashbacks and other point incentives as they are essentially sharing the fee revenue with the customer. Most of the time, these debts consolidation and credit repair companies are charging you an arm and a leg for this information that you can find out for yourself with just a little bit of research. But here at 1111 VC Firm, we provide you with this information and insightful advice to get you started on your credit billing journey. So thank you for tuning in for this episode of 1111 VC. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe. We release a new episode every week. And check out our Patreon to keep this podcast going. <coughs> <coughs>